Plaza Direct King's Court starts now. St. Louis, and all points north, east, south, and west. This is the day the Lord created. It's Friday, Saturday Eve. We welcome you in. This is the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Kings Court, on kevinslaytonshow.com. You can also hear the podcast right here on our website, as well as other platforms, such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, Anchor, any place you listen to podcasts, you can find us. And we thank you, our listeners, for making us ranked in the top 5% of podcasts worldwide. That's over 3 million podcasts, and you guys have put us in the top 5%. We thank you sincerely. Unlike Biden, when he says, I mean it sincerely, we actually do mean it sincerely. And without you, we couldn't be there. And without our sponsors, we couldn't be here for you. So please support them as well. And all I have to do is go to uh, Google our show, you know, on Kevin Slayton, King's Court. Scroll down, you'll find where you, those little three dots, you click on them, you like us, then you scroll down and you leave a comment. The comment can be anything, can be positive, negative, anything, but it helps. So if you don't mind doing that, and you can do it every day. It takes you two minutes. You can do it every single day. We appreciate that. We appreciate all the help. But thank you. And don't forget our... Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com. Sports show comes your way at noon central time, noon to 2 on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. On Monday, we're going to have on the sports show a gentleman by the name of Kurt Smith. I don't think you'll want to miss that. If you're a baseball fan, he has written a book, if you're a baseball broadcasting fan, he's written a book uh, called Voices of the Game. He's written several books, actually. He was a former speechwriter for Ronald Reagan. But he is also a wonderful baseball fan. And his book about the great play-by-play men, including the Harry Carries and the Jack Bucks from St. Louis, and all of the rest of the greats, he has story after story. It is going to be a fun interview. I've interviewed him a few times, but not for quite a number of years. And so when I reached him at his upper upstate New York home, he's also a professor of public speaking at the University of Rochester, he said, I can't wait to come back on your show. So we're going to have fun on Monday on our sports show, so make sure you're tuned into that sports show every day as well. But um, right here on this Friday morning, 
not only are we rejoicing because it's Friday, but we're keeping a peek out our window to see if there's any illegal aliens walking by because they're everywhere. They're like cockroaches. They literally are everywhere now. 3.8 million of them? That's how many have crossed over since Biden took over and closed the border. Remember, that's what he told us he did. The border was secure. 3.8 million have gotten through his security measures. If that's secure, we don't need Biden in any form, in any way, in any government at all. He belongs where he belongs, prison. That's where he belongs. He is a hopeless criminal. He is an arrogant, pompous son of a bitch who has, well, you're going to hear Governor Abbott tell it. Governor Abbott had his Border Patrol people install razor wire, same caliber as you would see at a prison, along the border. Biden had his people come in and cut it. Then Governor Abbott redid it, except doubled the strength of it. You'll hear him talk about it and what Biden has done. He's also written a letter to Biden declaring an official invasion of the state of Texas. And why wouldn't he? More than 10,000 illegals crossed the border on Wednesday in just 24 hours. More than 10,000. And who does he blame? Biden. The MAGA Republicans. You and me, by the way, you're going to hear that too. Of course, Trump. You'll hear Biden praise the black congressional caucus while he's speaking to the Hispanic caucus. This guy needs to go away so fast. I mean, we need to have a special election to get rid of him tomorrow. You'll hear Pelosi give a backhanded endorsement to Biden and Harris. If I'm either one of them, I think, please shut up. Tudor Dixon, who ran for governor of Michigan and had the election stolen from her by witchcraft, weighs in on the uh, Democrats just completely petrified of having Biden run. You're going to love her comments. It's, it's really good stuff. Bill Clinton has decided he's going to come out of his shell or his cocoon, wherever it was he, he's been, maybe on Epstein Island, and rip Republicans when clearly he's talking about himself and his fellow cronies in the Democrat Party. You can't wait to hear that. George Conway, Kellyanne Conway's soon-to-be ex-husband, mouthing off again of, of tr- comparing Trump to Mark Milley, and wait to hear the comparison. You're going to love it. You'll absolutely love it. A great encounter yesterday between Peter Ducey of Fox and LBLL, the little black lesbian lover, or liar, excuse me, liar, lover too. We could throw another L in there for the hell of it, for the L of it. Can't wait to hear that. She's losing her mind quickly, if she ever had one to lose. Leo Terrell has found the state of this country so perilous that walking into uh, a coffee place Witnessing some criminal start stealing everything and no one's stopping him, Leo Terrell stopped him. He'll describe the exchange. Rupert Murdoch is stepping down as the Lord of Fox and appointing his son Lachlan, who is an uber-liberal, to take over. Dark days ahead for Fox. Beth Ailes, the widow of Roger Ailes, will expound on what she thinks of the Murdoch clan. You'll hear that too. You'll also hear the liberal media continuing to try to pressure, this time, Apple's CEO, 
Tim Cook, into censoring Republicans. Biden hasn't stopped since the Supreme Court told him it was illegal. The media isn't stopping. The media is so actively part of the liberal honcho hacks that it's scary. It's it's so beyond unethical. It's borderline criminal, and it actually is criminal. You're encouraging the CEO of Apple to break the law. That's this little weasel John Dickerson from CBS, but you'll hear it. You'll hear it right here this morning. You'll hear the daughter of a mega record producer in Hollywood, David Foster's daughter, Sarah Foster, on a podcast just destroying Newsom and his California ways. I'm telling you, when they start to lose Hollywood and the liberal elites in the recording industry and the music industry, they're losing their base. And they're losing them fast. Yesterday it was John Cusack, the actor. Today it's Sarah Foster, the daughter of an Uber record producer. It's gotten to be somewhat incredible. Our um, director of research keeps telling me people are waking up, and I keep saying, well, I'll believe it when I see it. I guess I'm too much of a realist to get too excited about a few of them. But it does seem to be a trend all of a sudden. We're going to hear Jonathan Turley express his disappointment in Merrick Garland. Turley was excited when Garland was appointed attorney general. He thought he was fair. He thought he was moderate. He's found out otherwise. And the truth of that is that anyone who orbits in the circle of Biden is anything but a moderate. They are viciously vile, evil people. There's no other way to describe them. Now, the people that come on television and and in Washington, they try to couch it in kind terms, you know. Well, he's disappointing. No, he's evil, he's vile, and he's corrupt. And he's a born liar. And he was a heartbeat away from the Supreme Court. Wow. Way to go, Republicans. It's the only thing the Republicans have done in the Senate like past seven years. But they did that, thank God. They did do that. Good for them. This uh, Sarah, this person, Sarah, who I guess apparently appointed herself as the spokesperson for the Ukrainian military and the Ukrainian people, this transgender that we played for you yesterday, how nutty she was. She's a complete psychopath, by the way. If she's not put away, she'll do damage to somebody. She's continuing to express her psychopathic wacko ways on social media The president of Ukraine, Zelensky, claims now he has no idea who she is. Well, I hope not. Gutfeld will have his take on Sarah. And I promise you a a spectacularly funny musical short from the Gutfeld show set to the Return to Sender song from Elvis Presley. But this one's one's called Return to Gender. (laughs) I promise it will give you a Friday laugh. That I will promise. I'll also promise this. If you get your can of Monster Energy drink out right now, and with me you pop it open and you enjoy it, in my case, when I'm going to drink a can, it's going to be the sugar-free can because I'm always looking to keep that sugar at a minimum. We know sugar is not our friend, right? Don't we all know that? We do. It's just not our friend. So I'm going to pop mine open. Let's all do it together. There it is. It almost sounds like beer. But it's not. It's Monster Energy Drink on a Friday morning to get me going for the weekend. 
Because that's what it'll do. It'll give me that focus that I need to complete two radio shows in one day like I do every day. That's what Monster Energy Drink helps me. But it'll also give me the energy I need because I'm playing golf twice tomorrow in a tournament for the St. Louis Amateur Baseball Hall of Fame and then on Sunday with some friends. So I'm going to need a lot of Monster Energy Drink over the weekend. No doubt about it. And I'm going to watch a lot of football. So my Monster Energy Drink cans are lined up. It's not going to be just one a day. I want to get the utmost out of my weekend. I want to have the energy to get through it, and Monster Energy Drink gives that to me. It's the most badass energy drink in the world, on the planet, anywhere. And what Monster Energy Drink does is they celebrate events. They don't just sponsor events. Anything they're associated with, they'll bring the party to the event. So if you're going there, there's a Monster Energy party there. That's how they roll. They bring your favorite bands to your hometown. They celebrate with them. They have a big party around that. Every event they're involved with is a fun event. That's how they do it. Monster Energy Drink is more than a a can of energy drink. It's a lifestyle in a can, and they promote that lifestyle of fun and energetic performance. Be your best. Unleash the beast in you with Monster Energy Drink. Well, we've got Biden walking around, running, jogging, half-jogging every time he's on camera. He thinks that makes him young. And all he does is grasp for some arm railing right away. Oh, my God, I'll fall down. I shouldn't have jogged 10 feet. Mr. Energy, that's what he, that's what I think of Monster Energy when I see Biden. I think there's a man in desperate need of it. He is a living billboard for someone who needs Monster Energy drink and needs it now, needs it badly. Badly. But let me start the show with some really good news, if we believe polls. Now, remember, my feeling about polls is that they are hopelessly skewed Democrat. We know that. I was talking to a guy who was involved in polling, and he he told me that when the polls are tied, the Democrats win. Because we know that they're skewing it toward the Democrats. But I have a different take on that. And I told him, I said, when when we're tied, I think we're winning. Because they're interviewing three liberals to one conservative in their polling. So if we're tied, we're ahead. Remember how far behind Hildy Donald Trump was? 12, 13 points. Going into election day, who won? I think we remember. But right now, according to Reuters, Reuters-IPSOS, I don't know who that is, Ipsos, and Reuters is no friend to Donald Trump, nor to the Republican Party. But their latest poll looked at voter favorability, Trump beat Biden in seven key swing states, all of which were decisive in the 2020 presidential election. He leads not by one, not by two, but by six points, 41-35 in Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Nevada, and Michigan. If he maintains that, he will comfortably walk into the White House In January of 2025. The projection is that he would take 312 electoral votes compared to his 306 in 2016 when he waltzed into the White House. Trump won all of those states except Nevada in 2016. That is not good news for the liberals. This poll was conducted between the 8th and 14th of September. 4,400 adults 
Oopsie. So this will be interesting. Now, we know it's going to be a close election because we live in a bizarre country. It shouldn't be close. Even among independent voters, which people claim Donald Trump loses, he's winning by two points, according to this same poll. And yet 54% of independents want Biden out. So that number doesn't add up. Trump should be much further ahead among independents. Independents may not have Donald Trump as their first choice, but they have Biden as their last choice. So if Trump's the only other choice, it's going to be Trump. 77% of these polled, including 65% of Democrats, say Biden's too old to run again. See, I don't look at age as the issue. I don't believe age is the issue. I don't think he's too old to run again. He's too decrepit. He's an empty carcass. He's demented. He has no idea where he is. That has nothing to do with age. You can be in your 50s and have that same problem. People have early onset dementia. This guy's been absent mentally probably his whole life because he's an idiot. But with a real diagnosis for the past 7 to 10 years, easily. All I have to do is listen to him and watch him fall down. And, of course, 73% of the voters regard the economy as either worse or the same than it was prior to the pandemic. I don't know how anybody can think it's the same, but those are those are Democrats, I'll guarantee it. So the more Biden tells us all that democracy is at stake, what's really at stake is his career, which is ending. He'll be done. He can t- t- talk all he wants about Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans are determined to destroy the American democracy, which he said again. I will always defend, protect, and fight for our democracy. Well, when are you going to start? Because so far you've helped to destroy the culture. You haven't defended anything in the Constitution. In fact, you violated the Constitution repeatedly. That's not my opinion. That's the opinion of the Supreme Court. You have violated our Constitution repeatedly. You have ignored it. You have trampled on it. You are lawless. You have broken so many laws, just you and your family. But you, as the president, have destroyed the southern border of this country. That is against the law. What you've done there is criminal, and you're a criminal. You don't defend, protect, and fight for anything except the almighty dollar into the Biden coffers. That's the only thing you fight for and defend and protect. You wouldn't know what democracy was if it hit you over the head. And you still don't know that we live in a republic. It's a democratic republic. All of the liberals continue to talk about democracy. Isn't that funny? They don't know where they live. You know why they don't know that? Because they don't read and never have the Constitution. And all you have to do is read it once in a while. Refresh your memory. But they don't want to do that. Instead, they'd rather let 3.8 million illegal people enter the United States because they think that's the way to beat Trump. Here's another problem. A third IRS agent has come forward to say that uh, Biden's Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, blocked David Weiss from charging Hunter Biden. Oopsie. So that means three guys who are willing to put their careers on the line willing to incur the wrath, and it is considerable, of Biden's corrupt Department of Justice and Biden's corrupt FBI. Three different men 
have decided to risk their lives, careers, and families to tell the truth. But Biden and his Department of Justice, led by the feckless Merrick Garland and Christopher Wray at the FBI, the criminal, all conspired to help Hunter Biden and to stop David Weiss from charging him. That's three people now. They're all lying, according to Christopher Wray and Merrick Garland and Wuhan Willie O'Tella Biden. They're all liars. The truth is we have discovered through evidence, real facts, that you're the liars, every last one of you. People don't risk their lives to tell a lie that doesn't benefit them. There is absolutely no benefit to these whistleblowers. In fact, only harassment, which comes from Biden, Garland, Ray, and the media. They'll simply harass these people into oblivion. They want to chill whistleblowers from ever coming forward. That's been obvious. That's why they're being sued by Hunter Biden. Isn't that amazing? What are you suing a guy for when you agreed to plead guilty to what they claim you did? You had your sweetheart plea agreement blow up in open court in about an hour. Pretty embarrassing that the judge was on to what you people were trying to do. That gets lost in all of the other conversations, doesn't it? That that judge courageously looked at that plea deal, discovered what they were trying to pull, and called them on it. Imagine the nerve of these people trying to exonerate Hunter Biden from any future legal liability and criminal liability for all of the crimes he's committed outside of his tax and gun problems. But that's what they were trying to do. That is the most despicable thing that's come out of all of this, in my opinion. But it's amazing. Now, this new whistleblower who's come forward is the IRS Director of Field Operations. Now, that sounds like a pretty heady position. Michael Batdorf. He told a committee meeting in the House on September 12th that the tax division opposed charging Hunter Biden during a meeting with IRS officials and Weiss. He said the Department of Justice Tax Division would have to authorize charges prior to David Weiss recommending an indictment of prosecution. So my understanding is that he can't make that decision without DOJ tax authorization. Now, Batdorf is Gary Shapley, who is the original whistleblower. He's his boss. And they want to tell you that the whistleblowers are liars. They're incredible. We better stop them, folks. If we don't stop them, we are screwed. How about yesterday, Biden apparently speaking and and told a story about why he ran for president because of Charlotte. So this is how bat crazy this guy is. And then in minutes repeated the exact same story with almost the exact same words. The guy's lost his mind if he ever had one to lose. But here he is yesterday speaking in front of the, well, he's praising the black congressional caucus while he's speaking and addressing, speaking to and addressing the Hispanic congressional caucus. This is how bizarre he is. He he can't tell a black person from an Hispanic. Congratulations tonight, award is inclusive sister Norma. Sister, I don't know where you are, but uh, 
Bless me, Father, but I have not sinned so far tonight. I want you to know, look, you're known as the Mother Teresa of Texas. And Sister, uh, I know Sister Norma lives the lessons she nuns taught me growing up. Lessons based on the Gospel of Matthew. Feed the hungry. Care for the sick. Welcome strangers. They echo what my dad taught me. And I mean this sincerely. My dad used to say, everyone, everyone is entitled to be treated with dignity and respect. The Congressional Black Caucus embodies all those values. Just think of the work we've done together on civil rights, labor rights, health care, education. <laughs> he was addressing the Hispanic Caucus, not the Black Caucus. What an effing moron. <laughs> I mean... Uh, how about his, his quoting the Gospel of Matthew? I promise you lightning bolts hit the building that he was talking in. Well, anytime he invokes the Bible? Are you kidding me? And, and he slurs his words together. You can hardly understand the guy because he's trying to talk so fast. Taught me. And my dad. My dad taught me this great lesson. He acts as though this is some sort of philosophical revelation that his dad said, everyone deserves to be treated with dignity and respect. Wow. What a deep philosopher your dad is. Because nobody else thinks that. What a great lesson he imposed on you. Treat everybody with dignity and respect. I've never heard that before. Only from Papa Biden. Because my dad was so wonderful. I got news for you. Your dad created you, dude. Your dad's not a wonderful guy. You have been a liar and a cheat since the day you were born. So your daddy is not the great guy you portray him to be. No doubt he was just like you. Which is pathetic, I might add. And then quote, saying something to a nun and bless me, Father, I haven't sinned so far. Ooh, that's funny, Joe. That's a funny thing. And my dad meant it quite sincerely, by the way. And Joe means it sincerely. I mean it sincerely, he says. Why does a guy always have to say that? He says it every time he speaks. No joke. I mean it sincerely. I'm not kidding. The only reason he says that is because he knows we know he doesn't mean it sincerely. So he has to reinforce that he does. Even though he doesn't. The only joke is him. So here's Pelosi. It's at CNN with with the goober um, Anderson Cooper, and he asked if there's any chance that Biden won't run. I hope not. I hope not. I mean, this president. David Ignatius recently came out saying he he thinks the former president should not run. Yeah. So that's one. <laughs> And he also said he shouldn't run because he allowed me to go to Taiwan. Nobody allows me to do anything. I was Speaker of the House, and the invitation came from the Taiwan government for me to go there. It wasn't up to David Ignatius. Is, is Vice President Kamala Harris the best running mate for this president? He thinks so, and that's what matters. Wow, what a ringing endorsement for Harris. Is she the best vice presidential candidate? Well, he thinks so. <laughs> Why don't you just say, hell no? But how about the arrogance of Pelosi? Nobody tells me what to do. These people really think they're something. 
you old drunk. I mean, listen to her. She really thought that was funny when he said, well, David Ignatius, this liberal writer, says that uh, this columnist says Biden shouldn't run. That's one. <laughs> well, I was doubled over in laughter. How about you? That was just hilarious. Way to go, Nanner. You're just a jokester. Nobody tells me what to do. Nobody tells me that I'm allowed to go to Taiwan. She's unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> but, hey, Harris, if I'm you, I'm not warming to that seat. He thinks so. And then there's some other numbers other than the ones I gave you where Donald Trump is far ahead in the swing states and ahead in, in the minds of independence as well. But here's some disturbing ones for Wuhan Willie. 30% definitely think and 20% probably believe that Joe Biden did something illegal with regard to his shenanigans with these foreign entities. That's 50% of people. All people. The As far as the country supporting an impeachment inquiry into Biden, 48% of all voters, including 36% of Republicans and 54% of independents. Ouch. Those aren't good numbers. What do those tell us, Ben Dominich? I think that what you're seeing here is, is voters, including Democrat voters, including independent voters, who've gotten tired of the BS that they've been that being fed over the past several years by the corporate media that has been coming to them with these lies about uh, Biden's involvement. And basically, it's all the people who ran with the, uh, the same concept that Biden was putting out when he was a candidate the first time, when he was saying... Hunter did nothing wrong. Hunter did nothing wrong. It's not even a question, you know, when he was yelling at Steve Ducey, uh, yelling at Pete Ducey and the like. And the thing that I think is one of the things that uh, is is going on here is that these people are tired of defending that to their friends and neighbors. They actually think, you know, I can't stand up and say that I believe that anymore. And they're admitting that now to pollsters. They, they do seem to be admitting it, don't they? And Americans, according to another poll, feel just wasted when they even think about politics anymore. 65% say they're off, they often feel exhausted when they simply think about politics. Well, I guess that's why they sit there on their lazy asses and do nothing about it. That's not the way to win. That's not the way to take the country back. It's to say, you know, I'm just exhausted by it. Well, then you're part and parcel the reason why we are what we are. You're exhausted by it. Rather than get exhausted by it, why don't you get angry about it? Why don't you get angry about people taking your money? It's like I said yesterday. If someone came to you and said, give me $10,000 so that I'll lie to you, and you handed them the money, you say, that's crazy. Nobody does that. Well, that's what we do every day. We give these people our tax money to ship it off to Ukraine, and they all lie to us. Now, the great Sean Penn says he criticizes Biden because he says Biden's not doing enough to help Ukraine. We're just now sending 25 more billion to make it about 150 billion. If I, I may have lost track of the number. Not one penny of which, by the way, has been accounted for, Sean Penn, you jackass. Stick to making movies, which you're not really that good at anyway. You haven't made a movie in 20 years, dude. You are washed up. You are the epitome of being washed up. So now you're an activist, and no one cares what you think. 
because you don't have a functioning brain. Why don't you go over? You you love Ukraine so much. Why don't you go over there, give some of your considerable fortune to those people, and get on the front lines and fight? I mean, you think Ukraine's so important. Get your lazy ass over there and do it instead of running your uninformed mouth. Instead of giving our tax money away. Why don't you go fight? You're a tough guy. Don't you love these cowards? I mean, they're just cowards. Media people are cowards. Liberals are cowards. Plenty of Republicans are cowards. Spineless, completely spineless. Tudor Dixon, who ran for governor of Michigan, only to be beaten by the illegal election in Michigan. Do you think Democrats are petrified of Biden actually running and losing? Well, you see that Democrats are even nervous about this. Right now, you see all of the polite sharks circling the water. You've got Whitmer in New York. You've got Pritzker in New York. You've got Newsom in New York. And now he's coming out and he's being very nice. You know, He's not even worthy of running for president when Joe Biden's on the ticket. But let me assure you, they are parading out their prize pigs to donors saying, take a look at this one. Do you think this one can win if we have to take Joe out? They're definitely nervous. They've definitely got people out there on the ground trying to say, Okay, they can step in if necessary. And there's quite a good possibility that as we talk about his cognitive decline, that they're going to have to take him out. I mean, let's face it. Even Joe says it's time for him to go to bed. (laughs) Great line, because that's what he said when he was overseas. Time for me to go to bed. It is time for him to go to bed. Good job, Tudor. She's right, of course. They're parading their prize pigs out in front of the donor class to see which pig they want. Now, the biggest pig of that group that she mentioned, of course, is Porky Pig himself from Illinois. Could you imagine if that guy became president someday? It could never happen. Even the people of Illinois would reject him. i got to believe. Now, the criminal operation in Chicago wouldn't. There's crime in politics throughout this country. It's rampant. But is there any place that's more toxically criminal and dishonest than Chicago, Illinois. I don't think there is. I think it would be impossible. Chicago gives Washington itself a run for its money. The entire state of Illinois, Springfield to Chicago. Southern Illinois should should secede. It really should. I'm not kidding you. They need to be a second state, Southern Illinois and Northern Illinois, just like North Carolina and South Carolina, New Mexico and Mexico. I'm sorry, forget the latter. But really, Texas is becoming southern Mexico now. But Biden, Mayorkas, Harris, and the LBLL, the little black lesbian liar, Karine Jean-Pierre, want you to know that they're not lying when they say these things. Well, look, it's way down now. We've now gotten control. Uh, Precisely that. The border is closed. Nor could I have been clearer and continued to be so, which is the border is closed. The United States will continue to enforce our laws and secure our border. The border, um, we are working to make the border more secure. You're confident this border is secure? We have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. We agree that uh, the border is secure. They all agree, she says. So since you agree, since you and Biden and Mayorkas and Harris, you all agree that the border is secure, then what, what are we questioning it for? Because none of you lie. 
She says, we all agree. <laughs> Who's we? Is there a mouse in your pocket? The unmitigated balls of these people to actually sit there and say that should render them a jail sentence. They are pathological liars. Everybody knows it. I don't care if you're a staunch, liberal, whack-job, greenhouse nutcase. You have to understand that the border isn't closed, that the border is wide open, and anyone who says otherwise is a liar. Video doesn't lie. When I see 10,000 people standing under a bridge the other day in Eagle Pass, Texas, we know what's going on. Now, whose fault is all of this? Well, it's not Biden's fault. Even though 3.8 million illegal aliens have entered this country since he took office. 3.8 million. In the entire history of the country, we had 11 million here by estimates prior to him taking over. So he's increased that by more than 30% in just three years. Who does he blame? You and me. And, of course, Donald Trump. We need our colleagues to act. For decades, immigration reform has been a bipartisan in this country. Unfortunately, the mega Republican congressman of my predecessor spent four years gutting the immigration system under my predecessor. They continue to undermine our border security today, blocking bipartisan reform. He really thinks that carries the day. By the way, what, what did he say about bipartisan? Let, let's listen to this again. He just skipped a word, I think. We need our colleagues to act. For decades, immigration reform has been a bipartisan in this country. Unfortunately. <laughs> it's been a bipartisan in this country. I think effort was next, but hey, what, what's, what does effort mean to him? For years, immigration has been a bipartisan in this country. A bipartisan what? You stooge. So it's the Republicans, the MAGA Republicans, of course, and the MAGA people, that's us. And, of course, under his predecessor. He thinks that if he doesn't say Donald Trump's name, that means something to people. Look at Joe. He won't say his name. But he'll indict him. I'm sorry, he didn't do it. He didn't have anything to do with it. Merrick Garland didn't have anything to do with it either. All of these underlings, on their own, just decided without any consultation with Biden or the White House or the Department of Justice, decided on their own to go out and indict Donald Trump on bogus charges. Even though eyewitness accounts have placed both special prosecutors in the White House before the indictments and subsequent to the White House, or to the indictments. But hey, they don't lie. Quit believing what you, what you were told by people who saw it. Listen to Karine Jean-Pierre instead. Because she doesn't lie, never has, never will. Actually, the opposite is true of her. She has never spoken a word of truth in her life. Not since she's been in that position, anyway. My guess is you don't just become a pathological liar overnight, right? I mean, who does? I doubt that she did. But Bill Clinton has awakened. All of a sudden, somebody sent a note to Epstein Island and Clinton woke up and shooed his 12-year-old girlfriend away and then decided that Republicans are at fault for everything because we're very simple people. We love misery. 
The Republicans are pretty simple, actually. They're and pretty straightforward. They say, I want you to be very miserable. And I want you to be very angry. And I vote I want you to vote for us and we'll make it worse, but we'll blame them. I thought Ed McMahon had died. It sounded like there were a bunch of Ed McMahons sitting there listening to him that would laugh at anything. Ed McMahon would laugh at anything Johnny Carson said, funny or not. In fact, Carson would make fun of him for laughing at everything. These sycophants there that were laughing, did Clinton say anything that was remotely funny? Republicans are angry, and then they'll tell you that we're to blame for it. They'll make it worse and then blame us. You are the angriest people on earth. You are unceremoniously, permanently unhappy. You hate the country. You hate black people. You hate Hispanics. You'll use them, but you hate them. And you especially hate the Constitution. That little document that you tread on all the time, that you would tear up. No matter that the Supreme Court has rebuked your leader for violating the Constitution left and right, they don't care. Bill Clinton, you know, dude, you should have shut up a long time ago. You went into hiding for for quite a while. Your big mouth wife couldn't help herself. But you've been quiet. And now you reappear for what reason? Do you think anybody gives a whistle about what you think? You are such a corrupt pervert, it's sickening. The fact that you would even be invited to speak at one of these functions tells you the level of perversion that liberals espouse. They love to be perverted. They love their perverts. Because that's what they are. Don't kid yourself. And this wonderful economy that Biden keeps touting has become such a running joke. Stephen Moore was an economic advisor to President Trump. Are you amazed at Biden actually touting his Bidenomics as gas prices soar, prices of everything soar, inflation skyrockets again? It's amazing that Biden goes out last week trying to sell the American people on Bidenomics. Mm -hmm. We get these three lousy statistics, really heartbreaking statistics. Number one, the one that you just mentioned, middle-income Americans lost have lost over $2,000 in purchasing power since... That's the very middle. Right. Okay, second, poverty rate. We had the biggest poverty increase virtually in American history in 2022. Um, this, is a, this is a president who said he was going to equalize income and help the people at the bottom. And then, of course, the third one is you, you saw what happened with inflation rate. It's starting to climb right. again. Those gas... Look, when gas prices go up and energy prices go up, Everything starts to go up. Yeah, and we're seeing that. I felt the pain yesterday. I filled up from empty yesterday. It was over $50. That's painful. And that's what they want. They want to strangle you because they want you to go out and spend $75,000 on an electric car for some bizarre reason. And nobody's going to do it. That That is the hill that the liberals will die on is their war against fossil fuels and energy because real people with functioning brains understand the importance of that industry that it affects everything and you can't just say okay we're done with it 
If you say that, you're done with everything. I mean, these jackasses think people are going to run out and buy new appliances because they tell them to. What do you got? A little steak in, uh, you know, the old Miserani uh, appliance stores. I mean, it just it, it you have to start thinking that way. Anything they tell you they want you to do, you you know they're financially benefiting from. These are the biggest hucksters in the history of the country. But I always get a kick when I, when I if you ever need a laugh, okay, don't turn on a comedy, don't watch reruns of All in the Family. I know you'll have side splitting laughter, but the best comedy is Joy Reid, because this woman of sixteen thousand wigs, none of which are attractive, I might add, loves to go on and spew her uninformed, bigoted, racist mouth, and have people on her show that are mentally disabled. Here's a guy, honestly, who says we. Republicans are dishonorable. Can you imagine a liberal calling anyone dishonorable? But here it is. It's a culture of contempt. It's a culture that he has encouraged. It's a culture that he has seeded all across this this country. And it is a movement of people who have contempt for all things honorable and and, and with integrity. And and most ridiculously, they've made a consistent focal point, our national security and our military. I mean, this is no longer the party of John McCain and Colin Powell and people like that. They they would be flabbergasted if they saw where the Republican Party has come now. We're not just Trump, but Tuberville and Ron DeSantis and everyone else is made their number one attack talking point, the military. So I think it's also a contrast in where America is right now. You've got like disgusting people with no honor, no integrity, and you've got these really honorable people that are defending democracy and holding the line. And that's Millie and CQ Brown and Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. Millie and Lloyd Austin are wonderfully honorable people who are holding the line. That guy needs to be in a straitjacket. He also needs duct tape over his mouth because every word out of his mouth is an effing lie. They're not the party of McCain and Colin Powell. Thank God. By the way, they hated John McCain when he ran for president against their guy, Barry Hussein. They hated him. Let's go back and take a look at what they tried to do to McCain. Remember they tried to claim he was having an affair on his wife? They loved that one. They'll destroy anybody, and later they'll t- they'll talk of them as heroes because McCain didn't like Trump. McCain's such a weasel he forgot how they tried to destroy his life because he hated Trump so much and was so jealous of Trump. That was McCain's biggest problem. He was so jealous of Trump. Same with Romney. Both of them were miserable failures against Obama running for president. And then when an outsider steps in and wins easily over Obama's handpicked successor, those two were so envious and so sickeningly jealous, it was pathetic. They're like little five-year-olds. You know, the teacher pays more attention to Kevin over there than us. That's how they are. That's how they act. No, we're not the party of John McCain or Colin Powell, and we're damn glad we're not. Colin Powell was a complete traitor to the conservative principles. Colin Powell was a liar. He carried George W. Bush's lies for him. So we're glad we're not the party of those people. We are thrilled. But keep in mind, liberals, you're, you hated those people. But now you trumpet them because they don't like Trump. Who else doesn't like Trump? Oh, how about George Conway? Kellyanne Conway's soon-to-be ex-husband. For years I said, Kellyanne Conway, when are you going to get a brain and get rid of that bastard? Well, she finally did. 
And now he compares Donald Trump to Mark Milley. Can you imagine comparing anybody to Mark Milley? Mark Milley is one of the most spineless cowards that ever held a political hack position in this country. And he's overseeing the military. Can imagine him being the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Does anybody pay attention to him? And all he did during Donald Trump's four years was undermine the Trump presidency. But George Conway thinks Mark Milley is, and Lloyd Austin are just the utmost in class and honor. And Trump, well, he's scum. Well, I mean, they're complete opposites, complete moral opposites. We have one man who is patriotic, who is selfless, who wants to do the best, the right by the country. And you have another person who does not care about the country, does not care about its people and only cares about himself. I mean, if, if, if Donald Trump were to, you know, give a speech to, to explain what he thinks the country should be doing and what we should be doing for the country, it would be ask not what you can do for the country, for the country. Ask not what the country can do for you. Ask what you and the country can do for me. It's all about him. And that's, you know, he, he is, I said this earlier, uh, on Twitter. I mean, there's no good way to say it. He is scum. Um, yeah. uh, and I, and frankly, uh, when I say that, I, 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 I'm insulting scum. Well, you would know scum. Just look in the mirror. You would recognize scum when you see it. And listen to Joy Reid. Yeah. I've never seen a guy butcher John Kennedy's inaugural address, that phrase, so badly like he just butchered it. But then again, George Conway's not a smart guy. Why these MSNBCs and CNNs have him on is for one reason. He doesn't like Donald Trump. He isn't, he isn't qualified in any way to comment on anything. He's a stooge. But he doesn't like Trump for some reason. That's hard to understand since Trump employed his wife for so long with a high-paying, very high-profile position that has enriched her now in her new life as a pollster. No one would care what Kellyanne Conway did if it wasn't for Donald Trump. So George Conway's a double dummy. He hates the guy. He hates the hand that fed his family. And now that his wife has said, kiss my ass, I'm out. Now he doesn't know what to do. And he's a little runt on top of it. Governor Abbott down in Texas has, of course, been sending some of these illegals up to New York. Governor Abbott, do they deserve what you're giving them? They, they promoted sanctuary city policies. They were saying that they wanted to take care of any immigrant who comes across the border. And so we made it happen uh, in New York. Uh, and to be honest, they have just a trickle of what Texas has to deal with every single day. And if, if they should get $12 billion, Texas should get $120 billion. We're the ones who have to deal with this every single day. We have a president who is an obstructionist to Texas who's trying to do our best to impede the flow of illegal immigrants by us building our own border wall, by us putting up these razor wire barriers and not allowing people to pass by deploying the National Guard to make sure that we repel migrants who are trying to get into the country. And what do we have? We have Joe Biden interfering with my efforts to secure the actual border. I've never seen a president flout the laws of the United States as much as Joe Biden. And I've never seen someone like that obstruct a governor who actually is trying to limit illegal immigration into our country. Carpe diem, Governor Abbott. Every one of those words is true. But he went further because once they erected the razor wire, what happened, Governor Abbott? The Texas National Guard... Uh, for months after months after months, 
Uh, they've been erecting these razor wire uh, barriers. Uh, it's Constantina military-grade razor, razor wire uh, that denies access to the state of Texas from the river, from the border. Uh, and we've repelled tens of thousands of migrants who try to get into Texas illegally. And then yesterday, Joe Biden had his Border Patrol officers cut through that razor wire, and then they pulled the razor wire and suddenly let in hundreds, if not thousands of people illegally into Texas, into the United States. So what did we do? We went back today with the Texas National Guard, and we doubled the amount of razor wire on that border to make sure we keep those people from entering into the United States illegally. Carpe a thousand times, DM Governor Abbott. I love it. You want to cut our wire? We'll go back and double the strength. Keep it up, Biden. You're being made to look like the monkey that you are. What a bizarre country this has become. Governor Abbott's correct. Have you in your lifetime ever seen a president try to obstruct a governor like this who's trying to uphold the law? Biden is so abjectly corrupt, he even intercedes where governors are trying to hold down the fort. Governor Abbott, what are you doing with these illegal animals when you get a hold of them? It's called criminal destruction of property as well as trespassing. So one thing that we have the the National Guard and the Texas Department of Public Safety doing, when you see those people coming into the state of Texas illegally, and if they're involved in uh, damaging that wire uh, and then coming into our land, they are trespassing in the state of Texas. We are now arresting illegal immigrants for trespassing in the state of Texas and putting them in jail. Carpe diem, Governor Abbott. Man, it's about time somebody's going to jail. Can you imagine a battle of wits between Greg Abbott and Biden? (laughs) You talk about an unfair fight. It doesn't get any more unfair than that. And Biden actually thinks he's stopping Greg Abbott. Remember when Abbott put the floating devices in the uh, Rio Grande River as a deterrent? You couldn't get past them. Then Biden tried to have them removed. Abbott went to the Supreme Court, and the court ruled against Biden. Biden has lost every single court case he's tried against any of the states, any of the the, uh, issues that President Trump accused him of, of doing. Every time it's gone to court, Biden loses. So anything that makes its way to the Supreme Court that Biden is involved in, it's going to lose. They know he's a criminal. They know he breaks the law, but here's the worst part. After they rule that he breaks the law, he flaunts it in their face and does it anyway. Now, I'm guessing that you and I would be arrested by federal marshals if we did that. But so far, Biden has not been, and don't expect him to be. LBLL shows a lot of the cracks in being Biden's hitman liar, hit it liar, hit woman liar, whatever it is. LBLL, of course, the little black lesbian liar, Karine Jean-Pierre, got into a doozy with Ducey yesterday. Peter Ducey asks her a simple question. She begins to claim, well, what about the Republicans who voted against the immigration bill that we wanted to pass? Well, you can go back and try to pass another one. Nobody says you have to stop on the first one. And that's what he was trying to say to her. But listen to her five-year-old little girl response. So what do you call it? Here at the White House, when 10,000 people illegally cross the border in a single day. So what do you call it 
Peter, when GOP puts forth a, a, a wait, no, 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 you can't. Three. I'm answering. Okay, we're gonna move. You're on. answering no, 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 okay. no, 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 we're moving on. Great, please. In the back. Uh, you said you were stopping the flow of the border. No, no. I tried to answer, Peter. I tried to answer the question. You stopped me. Let's go. I'm gonna say actually with the border. Um, how many people coming into this country illegally is enough? I know the numbers, but enough okay. for what? Enough just to stop the flow. As I mentioned, this is a problem that's been around for some time now, for decades. A broken system. Wow. They're unbelievable. 3.8 million illegal aliens have entered this country since you were involved. And then she wants to tell you it's been around for decades. A broken system. Was there anything broken about it when Trump was there? Even though Biden claimed earlier that you heard him say, well, under my predecessor. No, under your predecessor, it was really good. There was no flow of these people. You know why? Because they knew not to mess with Trump. The cartels knew not to mess with Trump. But when you've got a doormat for a president who welcomes you, it's not even weakness on Biden's part. He wants this. He's invited this. He loves it. Charlie Hurt, what does Karine Jean-Pierre, LBLL, sound like to you? She sounds like the most annoying, worst substitute teacher in the world, like Breaking Bad on Ducey, because he was asking the only question that matters. Um, but you're exactly right. All of this is intentional. All of it is designed to grant these illegals instant amnesty and to give them voting rights. Once you give them a work permit, once you give them an ability to pay taxes, a social security number, anything like that, you will ne- they're here for good. You will never remove them. And, and what we're seeing, and it's so funny listening to Kathy Hochul talk about it, there are no more hotel rooms. Well, the reason there are no more hotel rooms is because thousands have been put up in hotels all over New York City, all over the state of New York, all over the country. Um, meanwhile, of course, we have, you know, veterans uh, sleeping on sidewalks in cities, but that's a whole other issue. She sounds like the tempestuous little girl who didn't get her way. She's so in over her head. She has no idea how to respond to simple questions. And then she pulls the arrogance card. You know, no, 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 Peter. I've asked it. We're moving on. I'm in charge here. Just hit yourself in the head with your binder, will you? She is one of the most despicable people. I don't know that we can get worse. Could we ever find someone worse than her? We thought Saki was bad, and she was. (laughs) It's unbelievable, isn't it? At some point, you know, we saw a Border Patrol agent killed his girlfriend was on this morning talking about it. He was trying to chase them down. At some point, I think these Border Patrol people are going to say enough's enough. They're either going to walk out in mass or they're going to go attack Biden. Somebody is going to snap because you can't push people this far. You can't put their lives at risk intentionally like he has done without someone snapping. It only takes one. But I think it's going to take. I think it's going to be more than that. These people have been put to the limit and beyond, and their reward for that, for their service to the country and securing, the, trying to secure the border, against the entire country's governmental apparatus, has been: let's press charges against those guys. They whipped those immigrants. Not once did Biden apologize when it was proven that nothing like that happened. 
Not once. He doesn't apologize. For a guy who's a complete and utterly detached imbecile, he's awfully arrogant. For a guy who has no idea what he's doing, he's arrogant. Usually arrogant people are arrogant born of success in some way. He's the most arrogant loser I've ever seen. Most losers just go away. I don't know if you've seen the pictures, by the way, of the double-down barbed wire that Governor Abbott has erected along that border. You need a tractor to cut through it now. And I would send the bill to that jackass up there who doesn't know his name. And I wish I wish that they would. John Dickerson is a little weasel on CBS. He's on one of their Sunday morning shows. He's decided to take up where Biden left off after it was ruled by the Supreme Court that Biden illegally, the government under him, tried to censor us via social media during the lead-up to and during the presidential election of 2020. So what does Biden do? He dispatches his media lackeys like John Dickerson, who's disgraced his mother, Nancy Dickerson, who was once a respected journalist years and years ago. But her son comes along and defames the family name. He's simply a weasel water carrier for the liberals. It's all he is. And now he pressures Tim Cook, who's the CEO of Apple, to keep censoring us and to censor Twitter. And to not, by, by censor, I mean don't advertise with Twitter. That, that's, a, in, a, in essence, a form of censorship. Should Apple continue to advertise on Twitter? It's something that we ask ourselves. Generally, my view is Twitter's an important property. I like the concept that it's there for discourse and there is a town square. There's also some things about it I don't like. There's discourse and then there's anti-Semitism. And yeah, the which, bright line is... Uh, it's abhorrent. Just point blank. The, there is no place for it. So is this something you're constantly evaluating or... It's something we constantly ask ourselves. John Dickerson, you're an embarrassment. Just resign. Quit begging the guy to stop advertising on Twitter, would you? He's telling you basically he's not going to. It's too important. Well, there's discourse and then there's anti-Semitism. Because that's the only place you ever hear anti-Semites remark any, to, to anything, is Twitter. They're nowhere else on social media. They're nowhere else in open society. The only place, I mean the anti-Semites, they all, they all gravitate to Twitter. That's the only place they go. What an asshat. What a complete asshat. So again, by the way, despite the fact that anti-Semitism is abhorrent, as Tim Cook said, and as much as I agree that it's abhorrent, I also agree and defend the anti-Semites' right to be anti-Semitic. That's this country. It's not against the law to hate anybody in this country. If it were, I'd be in jail because I detest Biden and the liberals. So I'm living proof that it's not against the law to hate a segment of people. So these crazies who hate Jews for some crazy reason, as nutty as it is, and you don't associate with them, it's their right to say whatever they want. We don't censor that. Not in this country. Excuse me. We used to not censor that. But now we censor it. 
I love the video of the Border Patrol guys erecting these barbed wire fences. I mean, I just think it's freaking fantastic. That is the biggest middle finger to Biden you've ever seen in your life. So instead of going to this next Fox debate, which will be a complete farce, Dana Perino, please. These things are children's games, these debates. Trump is skipping it, and he's going to meet with the United Auto Workers, and he's going to meet with their union later. But rather than recognize that as a guy who's trying to find out what the issues are, Debbie Dingell, who's a congresswoman from Michigan whose only claim to fame and only claim to power is that she was married to a congressman who died, and so she took over his seat. She hasn't achieved anything in her entire lifetime except sleeping with the right guy. A lot of these liberal women do that, don't they? Obama, Biden, Dingell. None of these women would do anything on their own, but they slept with the right guy. And then they love to run their mouths. So instead of recognizing what President Trump is doing is a good thing, perhaps he can help settle the strike. Biden's not trying to do it. That's what he thinks of unions, by the way. So if you're a union member and you still vote for Biden, you deserve every bad thing that comes your way. Here's Dingle criticizing Trump as someone who doesn't care while he goes to meet with the UAW to see what the issues are bothering them. Donald Trump doesn't care about their wages. He doesn't care about whether they're getting benefits. He doesn't care about their job security. He doesn't care about anything. (laughs) Well, what are you doing? You're there in Michigan. This is where the strike is happening. Are you going to meet with the UAW? Are you going to try to find out what issues are really bothering them? Why they're on strike? Have you tried? The answer to that is no. Has Biden? No. Has Harris? Well, they'd laugh her out of the room. No. Pelosi? No. Schumer? No. Schiff? No. Only Trump. Who went to East Palestine? Biden? No. Harris? No. Dingle? No. Pelosi? Schiff? Schumer? No. Trump? Yes. Liberals are so demented with Trump derangement syndrome that they criticize him when he shows up to try to help people who are having a problem. (laughs) That's how sick these people are. And they're sick. So yesterday on the Fox News Channel, and I assume on almost every Fox property, they decided that they, in their arrogance, would make a what they considered a newsworthy announcement that Rupert Murdoch is stepping down as the chairman of the Fox News Corp, which owns, of course, Fox News Channel and Fox Business and all the other ones. So while he steps down, he is anointing his son, Lachlan, as the new honcho, the head honcho, over at Fox. Now, I couldn't care less that the old man is getting out. I care more about the fact that who he's appointed to succeed him is an uber-liberal. So now we're going to see, I guarantee you, even more liberal coverage by the Fox News Channel. There'll be nothing independent about Fox evermore. Beth Ailes is the widow of Roger Ailes, who was the longtime head of the Fox News Channel, who 
founded the Fox News Channel, who developed the Fox News Channel into the powerhouse ratings blockbuster that it was, who had to resign over these sexual allegations by some of the women there. We don't know what's true, what's not true, because we weren't there. We don't know the details. But on Roger Ailes' birthday just the other day, Beth Ailes, his widow, tweeted out, Happy Heavenly Birthday, Roger Ailes. It took you 20 years to build Fox News into the powerhouse that it was, and only six years for the Murdochs to wreak havoc. Rupert thought he could do your job. What a joke. He has the checkbook but could never come close to your genius. Now, whatever you think of Roger Ailes, he, he was a genius. He knew what what made people flip the channel. He had an innate vision as to how to build it. So Beth Ailes expounded on her text the other day about the Rupert Murdoch clan. Well, I think I caused quite a stir because, uh, for one thing, I told the truth. And um, truth is in short supply today. As you know, it did take Roger 20 years to build the channel. And he never once had his hand off the wheel. He had his 8 o'clock call, his 2.30 meeting, and he was always in touch, even on a rare day that he might take a day off. And I think it's just it just came over me on Monday because it was his birthday. And I don't really know what possessed me, but I decided to make it clear that I think that Rupert thought that he could do Roger's job. Remember, after, two weeks after Roger left in July of 2016, Rupert mo- moved into his office. Rupert couldn't wait. Now, the movie Bombshell depicts Ailes as a sexual pervert, basically, who would ha- would audition young blonde women in his office as to whether or not they wanted to advance into anchor positions by making them pose and spin around, letting him check out their body, having them hike their skirts up. That's what the movie portrayed him as. So if true, he was clearly a sexual pervert. I don't know. I wasn't there. Um, some of the women seemingly clearly had an axe to grind, including Gretchen Carlson. And if Fox thought Ailes was at fault, why did they keep Steve Ducey? Why did they keep Brian Kilmeade, but especially Ducey? Because she was on the Fox and Friends show with those two. She specifically singled out Ducey as somebody who sexually harassed her. She mentioned Kilmeade as being, you know, in the boys' club and this kind of thing. Nothing seemingly criminal involved there. But Ducey especially garnered her venom. So if Roger Ailes was guilty of something and she made the same accusations against Ducey, how come he stayed? Ducey is not competent. He's an idiot. And yet the allegations against him treated like nothing. But the allegations against Bill O'Reilly, he's got to go. Roger Ailes, he's got to go. Here's what I think, and, and I think this is the ego of Rupert Murdoch and his psychopathic son, Lachlan, who is a, a nutcase. Their egos were so spectacularly runaway that it was Roger Ailes who got all the credit, and rightly so, for building the Fox News, corporate, Fox News Channel and Fox Business. 
and Bill O'Reilly was the star of that channel. And they, and the, the the Murdochs couldn't have that. It's their money. They're the boss. Why are they? Why are those other guys getting all the positive publicity? We can't have it. Do see who cares? Nobody cares about him. The star is O'Reilly, and the guy who built it is Ailes. We're getting rid of both of them. That's the way it appeared to me. For the particulars of the women's claims, he said, she said. You know, it's sad when somebody makes a movie and portrays it as one way. That's sad. But that's why you don't pay attention to movies that claim to be accurate. Movies are for entertainment, not for accuracy. Documentaries are for accuracy. Earlier this week, we had a guy who's completely inaccurate, Merrick Garland, who's a born liar. And, of course, as a member of the Biden administration regime, he is, of course, a charter member of the Liars Club. And why wouldn't he be? He fits right in. So Garland goes to Congress, and uh, Jonathan Turley was watching, the professor of law at George Washington University. And Turley himself is a guy who was impressed with Garland as a judge, thought he was a moderate, thought he would do a good job as attorney general. He didn't take into account with Turley's apparently fantastical naivete that Garland is a political hack. And as soon as Biden appointed him, that validated him as a political hack. And now Turley had not a good impression of Garland at the testimony the other day. It was clear the attorney general came uh, with the intent not to answer any questions. And basically, his message was, go pound sand. You know, I'm not going to give you answers to these issues. And this is why the Department of Justice under Merrick Garland is at one of its lowest levels of trust with the public, is that he refuses to answer any of these questions, even as things are sort of falling apart. You know, he, you, know, you just had a, an embarrassing sweetheart deal for the president's son fall apart in open court after just an hour. You have even liberal commentators referring to the unholy mess of this investigation. And yet Garland continues to object uh, that people don't trust his department. It's sort of like a captain saying, you know, the beatings will continue until the morale improves. <laughs> and that's pretty much what it was. Not only that, Turley, who is not a Trump supporter, and I always issue that disclaimer, he was very disappointed in Garland because he had once, at one time, approved of his appointment. When, when Garland was appointed, I actually applauded his appointment. He was a respected judge on the D.C. Circuit. I liked the fact that he was a moderate, that he could, he could reach out to both sides. I've been terribly disappointed with his time as attorney general. And this hearing really shows it. You know, what the, the attorney general was describing himself as a virtual pedestrian within his own department. He kept on saying, well, other people make those decisions. He, even things that were raised two years ago, he said, I don't know anything about that other than what I watch on the news. Well, you're the head of a federal agency before Congress here to answer questions. But the really weird thing is his lack of curiosity. Yeah, he didn't he didn't even uh, raise an eyebrow when he was told that different jurisdictions weren't going to cooperate with Weiss, with David Weiss. Didn't even raise an eyebrow. It was just like, hmm, ho-hum, okay, no biggie. You run the department. They work for you. Aren't you the least bit curious as to why they don't want to cooperate? Anybody else would be. 
But my guess is they were under orders not to cooperate by Merrick Garland. He issued the order, like the godfather that he loves himself to be, and they were just following the orders. They were the foot soldiers. And so Weiss had to think, what? Weiss was handcuffed every way going into this, and then they decided to make him be Trump's appointment. Even though that's not true, they decided he was Trump's appointment. John Yu, who is a former uh, U.S. attorney, and a guy that I respect, and I respect his legalese and his knowledge, felt like it was a great opportunity for the Republicans in the House to destroy Garland, but they let him get away with not answering. Unfortunately, I think the Republicans in the House let him get away with it. He responded to almost every single question about this investigation, as you described. Well, I let David Weiss, the U.S. attorney there in Delaware, and later the special counsel, handle that. That's really not a satisfying answer mm-hmm. because David Weiss is not the Justice Department. The Justice Department is headed by Attorney General Garland. Right. It's overseen by President Biden. They're the ones who are legally and constitutionally responsible for these kinds of decisions. To so simply kick out Weiss and say it's his fault is not going to be very satisfying constitutionally. I don't think it's going to be very satisfying to the men and women who are on the front lines at the Justice Department either. Well, it may not be, but they're not going to do anything about it. Their hands are tied because they're afraid for their job and their life. Remember, when you're dealing with liberals in government, you shouldn't just be afraid for your job. You should be afraid for your life. Not only will they kill you, they've killed before, they'll definitely put you in prison. We're seeing that on a daily basis. I find it interesting uh, that, John, you thought that. I I did not think that the Republican House members allowed Garland to get away with anything. I think they pressed him. They asked all of the right questions. They wouldn't take his answers as legitimate. But what can you do? You can't go down there and punch him in the mouth. Although I wouldn't have minded if somebody had done it. But you can't force him to tell the truth. He's a born liar. What were you going to say? I mean, you could get up and jump up and down and scream at him. You could go kick Jerry Nadler in the nuts. And that would have been fine with me, too. But you can't force this little weasel mouse, Garland, to tell the truth. He's not going to tell the truth. He's a liar. John Kennedy, a senator who watched from afar as the House members questioned him. Your thoughts on Garland's performance? I thought Attorney General Garland talked to the American people as if he were talking to Bambi's baby brother. Um, It was kind of insulting. Uh, The American people may be poorer under President Biden, but they're not stupid. Um, He didn't talk about the facts. And thanks to the House Republicans and the whistleblowers, here are the facts. Number one, Mr. Hunter Biden, the president's son, uh, sold influence to companies and countries that hate America, made millions of dollars doing it. Um, And at the very least, he sold the appearance that he had influence. Mm -hmm. Number two, uh, he shared that money with some members of his and President Biden's family. Number three, the president uh, was not telling the truth when he said he didn't know anything about this. Number four, in fact, President Biden, we now know, aggressively enabled it. Uh, Number five... Apparently, the Obama administration knew about at least some of this, but they did not stop it. 
Number six, uh, the White House and the Justice Department, it appears, had the, the, uh, the skids greased through an inappropriate uh, plea bargain, but the whistleblowers came forward, and they have sort of been uh, the stool sample in the White Houses and the Department of Justice's punch bowl here. And, and final point, I think it's clear to the American people that Mr. Hunter Biden is... Uh, is Fredo. He uh, he had to have lots of help to pull this off. <laughs> express as only he can express it. But every one of those facts is indisputable. They're all backed by evidence. They're backed by bank records. Every one of his claims backed by back record, bank records. So any liberal who tries to tell you differently, just say bank records and then just leave the conversation. Because that's really all you need to say. Bank records do not lie. Bank records are facts. They're not someone's op- uh, opinion. No one in the history of banking would be my guess. And, and when you listen to bank experts talk about it, you get this impression. No one has ever had over 170 suspicious activity reports issued against them. It just doesn't happen. But that's what the Bidens had. And by the way, we're still counting. We haven't af- arrived at a final number just yet. And then you've got Uncle Fester over there in the Senate dressing like the hobo that he is, Fetterman. And in this country, with all of the problems that we have, all of the corruption running wild in Washington, D.C., all of the corrupt media, Dick Durbin is most concerned about Fetterman's dress. Well, I'm concerned about it. Uh, you know, the senator in question from Pennsylvania is a personal friend. Uh, but I think we need to have standards uh, when it comes to uh, – uh, what we're wearing on the floor of the Senate, and uh, uh, we're in the process of discussing that right now as to what those standards will be. So why the change initially this week by Leader Chuck Schumer? I, I, I can't understand exactly what he was thinking at that point. Uh, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt until I speak to him, but I think the Senate needs to act on this. Well, they're going to, and uh, they're not going to wait for, for Durbin the guy who has ruined countless lives in this country. Joe Manchin is making a push to return to the Senate dress code that required senators to sport business attire on the floor. He doesn't care what Schumer thinks either. Manchin hates the Democrats now. He's trying to save his own skin, of course, and that's what he gets for being a treason, traitor. So he's circulating a proposal to reestablish the Senate's dress code. So he's not waiting for Durbin to talk to Schumer. One senator said, I've signed it. He said, I want it defined as to what the dress code is. And there should be a dress code. We're supposed to look like professionals, not hobos off the street. And that's what he looks like. Some homeless guy got into the Senate. I'm surprised one of the Washington Capitol Police didn't just shoot him. I mean, that's what they do when it looks like strange people are coming into the Capitol, right? They just shoot him. Sarah Foster is the daughter of David Foster. David Foster is an uber-successful record producer in Hollywood. Liberal, strong liberal. Sarah Foster, his daughter, about 42 years old, appeared on a podcast. And here's what she had to say, so you can almost guarantee her father feels the same way. This is regarding Newsom's California. Newsom's trying to do now, I I mean, I think it's Newsom. I blame everything on Newsom, is they're trying to... um 
pass a bill. Charge you for leaving. Where if you leave the state because you're like, I'm unhappy here, crimes through the roof, the public education isn't great, like I wanna I, I wanna leave. They're trying to pass a bill where you have to pay for ten years. Newsom is like the worst. Yeah, I hate him. Like actually the worst. Is the goal to be Venezuela? Is the goal to be a socialist state? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Well, she's on to something there. The goal is to be Venezuela. The goal is to be a socialist state. But I love that. I Only Newsom, only liberals would try to punish people in a free country from free movement. If you move out of our state, you're going to have to pay taxes for 10 years. Good luck with that. I want him. I want that California state legislature to pass that law. Wait till you see the lawsuits that come out of that. It will never be law. It's completely unconstitutional. It has no chance. We're going to find out just how dumb and woke the state legislature is in Sacramento. Because if they pass that, they know it has no chance to succeed under court scrutiny. Zero. So if they pass that, they've decided they really don't care about anybody. They're just going to make monkeys out of everybody in the state of California. And they're going to have exorbitant legal fees to pay. And it will never succeed. I would love it if they tried to get my money if I left California and they tried to come after me for 10 years. I'd love it. I would just love it. I think I would take all of their correspondence up to Sacramento and just set it on fire right on the Capitol steps. I mean, if you can threaten Supreme Court justices on the steps of their courthouse, like Chuck Schumer did, threaten to kill them, then certainly I can go burn some documents on the Capitol steps in Sacramento, can't I? Stacey Washington represents America First Policy Institute, and uh, she heard Sarah Foster's comments. What is she saying, Stacey Washington? She's looking at her bottom line. She's looking at crime. She's looking at her family. She's looking at her quality of life, and she doesn't have those things under Gavin Newsom. So he's actually looking to run for the presidency, and he's terrible at being a governor, which is usually a prerequisite. (laughs) so true. This guy might be the worst governor ever, and he actually thinks he's a qualified candidate for president shouldn't you have success in your state before you try to take on the presidency maybe we should ask chris christie that at least the guy from north dakota who i can't even remember his name that's running on the republican side that governor at least he's successful he runs a successful state and he's been a successful businessman glenn youngkin in virginia the same thing been a successful businessman he's successful as governor do you get the uh, pattern there Successful businessmen make successful governors. Gavin Newsom is nothing but a political hack with a lot of hair gel. That's all he is. He's in so far over his head, he's a very unintelligent person. Very dumb. He's just a greased oil, a snake oil salesman. That's all he is. He's a he's a wet back, greased oil snake oil salesman. And by wet back, I mean the hair. I'm not talking about his heritage. So here you have this guy. Just a monumental failure as governor, and he's one of the diamonds in the Democrat Party. <laughs> you know, say what you will about DeSantis, and I have lost all respect for him because of his disloyalty, but he's been a flamingly successful governor in Florida. Christy Noem has been a tremendously successful governor in South Dakota. Greg Abbott in Texas, on and on and on in Republican states where governors are nothing but success stories. You've got this idiot out in California who's a monumental failure who thinks his next step should logically be the White House. (laughs) 
And here's the here's the kicker: the Democrats agree. Now that's good. Doug Burgum is the guy that I couldn't think of in North Dakota. He has no chance to ever get the nomination, but he is a success. Here's how bad it is in Sarah Foster's California under Newsom. Leo Terrell stopped at a coffee shop the other morning, and we'll let Leo tell the story. Crime is out of control here in Los Angeles and in California. And what happened simply was I went to a Starbucks, which I normally do in the morning. And basically, as I walked in, waiting in line, there's a a guy walks in and just starts stealing. And he's within two inches of me. And people are just watching this happen as if it's normal. I couldn't let it happen. So I grabbed the bag, took the bag from him, and I said, hey, you can't steal. He says, I got to eat. I said, I'm going to call the police. He says, they're not going to show up. So I grabbed the bag. He left. And the customer, the employee said, this happens every day. We can't do anything about it. One final point. Law enforcement says, we're told to stand down. So that, 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 that criminal is absolutely right. There is no support from law enforcement because they're told by the Democratic Socialist politicians to stand down. Can you imagine that? And this guy's running for, gonna run for president? He's not gonna run this year. He's sucking up the Biden and the Democrats. Look at me, I'm a good soldier, but how about remembering me in 2028? His state has rampant lawlessness. He has ordered, along with his surrogates, all of the police departments in the state of California to stand down and not stop crime as it's happening. Don't, don't go out on calls when you're called. That's what you want? That's a guy who thinks he's qualified for president? Hey, Leo, by the way, you took an awful chance. I know you're a hero, but that was an awful chance. This lunatic might have been armed. I couldn't sit there as an American and just let this happen. It was something inside of me made me angry, made me upset. I realized, I believe in law and order. And to normalize crime, I couldn't let it happen. And so emotionally, I was angry, and that's why I took the action. And personally, I feel good about what I did. Good for you. Carpe diem to Leo Terrell. That's that's incredible. I mean, it really is. But this is the culture now. And how do we begin to take it back? Christopher Rufo is with the Manhattan Institute. He's a senior fellow there. How do we take our culture back? How do we start? It's actually quite simple uh, in theory, but it's difficult in practice. We have to have a leadership class that says no. That is the most important word in the English language. Unfortunately, uh, we don't use it as much as we should. People have to say no. We have to reestablish authority. We have to reestablish limits on behavior. And we have to reconstitute the virtues so that psychopathologies are placed uh, as problems to be solved, uh, not markers of distinction to be rewarded. That's the basic problem formulation that we have to have to improve our society. It's like he said, it's simple, but it's difficult because no one does it. Those are simple things. And you know what? Those things used to be taken for granted. Parents said no to kids. Law enforcement said no to criminals. Nobody says no anymore. Probably the most important word in the English language is no. Certainly it is when you're raising children. You're just going to say yes all the time. Sure, go take everything from your neighbor. We don't care. And then there's the story of this bizarre transy, tran, tranny named Sarah something or other 
who claims as an American transgender, she answers only to the American taxpayers and the com- her commanders in the Ukrainian army, where she is the spokesperson for Russian disinformation. Now, she's gone around on social media making these videos where she threatens everybody. And apparently Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, while campaigning in the United States and the United Nations for more money and telling everybody how they failed on climate change, he doesn't know who good old Sarah is, but it doesn't stop her. Next week, the teeth of the Russian devils will gnash ever harder and their rabid mouths will foam in uncontrollable frenzy as the world will see a favorite Kremlin propagandist pay for their crimes. And this puppet of Putin is only the first. Russia's war criminal propagandists will all be hunted down and justice will be served. The propagandists that she's identifying are people that disagree with giving aid to Ukraine. She's coming after American citizens, according to her. Of course, no one one fears her, him, it. We don't know what it is, really. It's a her, him. But she's not done. She's got more threats. If you look at Putin's mouth, you'll notice that blood drips from it. He's a vampire carrying out genocide against both Ukrainians and Russians alike. He's a vampire carrying out genocide against both Ukrainians and Russians alike. Vlad Putin bathes in the blood of innocent children and enjoys it. And this is why the dictator of the Russian Federation must be deposed. Now that, ladies and gentlemen, is a psychopath. That is one of the most deranged people I've ever heard speak. She's nuts, he's nuts, it's nuts, whatever it is. And then Zelensky claims to have no knowledge of who it is, what it is, or why it is saying the things it's saying. It's just another liberal, psychopathic lunatic who got a hold of a social media account and decided to start posting Instagram videos as if it was somebody important. While threat- You ought to take a look at it. It is a very scary vision. Greg Gutfeld had his own take on Sarah. This nut job with a nut sack is going after U.S. citizens. Last week, Senator J.D. Vance sent a letter to Secretary of State Anthony Blinken asking who the hell this person is and why a U.S. citizen is a- acting as a spokesperson for a foreign government and why he, she, and or it keeps going online and saying crazy things. I mean, who does Sarah think she is? Joy Behar? <laughs> I'm sorry, but that makes me laugh out loud. It's, it is so, so true. Who does she think she is? Joy Behar? The nut job with a nutsack. Again, here's another tranny distinguishing themselves. And yet, you know, this country wants to pay attention and cater to that minuscule, minuscule part of 1%, meaning there's much less than 1% of the country that are, that are trannies, and these lunatics think they should get respect by in, from anybody. They're not eating a fruitcake. In fact, give me my fruitcake. But the highlight of the day for me was uh, this parody song on Gutfeld, put to the tune of Return to Sender from Elvis Presley, it's one of his spectacular songs. This one's, however, called Return to Gender. I think you'll love it. If you look into the mirror And you don't like what you see Bright and early next morning You 
You know it's time to return to gender. I mean, that show is, he is the king of late night. They do so many creative, fun things. If you don't watch it, you're missing out. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun seeing your windows defend you against hailstorms, violent winds, and the like. Keeping the cold air out in the winter, the hot air out in the summer. Well, you can do all of that by calling Window World at 314-993-1800. 314-993-1800. They'll come out to your house and give you a free in-home estimate just like they did for me, proving their, their motto, that they're simply the best for less. And they will prove it to you. You'll be getting the preferred window of the Blues, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champs. That's right. Window World is in partnership with them. You'll be getting a window that carries with it a lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass breakage, and labor. And they use double-strength glass in their windows. That, by the way, is with no upcharge. They don't cost you anything more. Double-strength glass is what they do. They offer you 18 months same as cash financing with approved credit. See if you can beat that anywhere else. And we've done the pricing for you. At Window World, you're going to pay a heck of a lot less than you will at any of the competing window companies. Now, as I said, we've done that for you. Our listeners have done that. I got another text the other day on our website telling me of their experience with Window World. In this particular case, it was a big ticket item for them. 20-plus windows, two sliding doors. That's a big chunk of money. Three bids they got. Window World was by far the lowest. And when I say by far, they were $13,000 less than the next closest bid. Same windows. That's huge. In addition, according to our listener, the Window World people who came out to their house to give them the free in-home estimate understood that that's a big decision to make financially didn't insist on a decision today. In fact, said their bid was good for 30 days. Take your time. The other companies wanted an answer on the spot. Guess who they went with? Window World. It's not a hard call. 314-993-1800. Window World. All right, we'll be back with more of the show. Your phone calls are welcome at 636-348-4460. Right here in the Monster Energy Drink stl-cars.com, Window World Kings Court. There are places I remember Living 
Welcome you back in, Kevin Slayton, with you on this Friday morning into the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Window World Kings Court. We're glad you're along with us this morning. It is Friday. That means it's Saturday Eve, and we all know what that means. Happy days are here again. Yes, sir, Bob. I cannot wait. Football started last night. 49ers win the NFL game. Then the colleges uh, start playing tonight. Interesting game if you're a college football fan. Air Force is playing in San Jose State. Air Force has been dominant through three games. It's interesting how the service academies can play at the high level like they are. Air Force has the leading defense in the country and one of the most potent offenses while they lead the nation in rushing. Pretty impressive. But San Jose State will be a tough opponent because they have to go there. And road games in college football are very difficult. But it will be an interesting one to watch later on tonight. STL-cars.com can be a saving grace for you if you're looking for a used car, a new car, any style, regular cars, SUVs, trucks, it doesn't matter. They're locally owned and operated right here in Ellisville off Manchester Road. And here's how simple the process is. And what I'm doing is relaying to you from my experience. Because I've purchased three vehicles through this, this website. My son just purchased one a couple of months ago. You go to the website, stl-cars.com, take a look at the inventory, over a 1,000 cars and SUVs and trucks, pick the one you want, then call Don or text him at 314-626-3251, 314-626-3251. Now, then you tell him, here's the one I want, and here's what I want to pay. Tell him what you want to pay for it. If you can't find exactly what you want on the website – Call him and tell him, hey, here's what I'm looking for, and he'll go get it for you. He has a huge inventory all throughout the country that he taps into. My last vehicle came from Tennessee. I bought three from him through the years. My son's SUV that he just purchased came from Alabama. 314-626-3251. Ask for Don or text him. But take all the pain out of getting a car. Folks, you know how long that's going to take you? However long it takes you to go through the inventory online and then come to the one you want, and your job is over. Then you make that call. The option, the other option for you is to go to the car dealership on a Saturday while all the great college football is being played. Spend your entire day chasing down another couple of thousand dollars while they try to screw you out of another few few dollars. And then have a headache by the end of the day, miss all the football, and seven hours later, you've got yourself a car. Doesn't make sense, does it? 314-626-3251. That's stl-cars.com. Our phone lines are open here, 636-348-4460. Um, by the way, uh, you know, we talk about inflation all the time, and we talk about gasoline prices. Inflation, along with crime, you didn't you don't think of crime as driving up auto insurance costs, do you? Inflation, you probably would. 
but it's crime and the combination of crime with high inflation. Auto insurance has skyrocketed. So that makes cars even more unaffordable for average Americans. The crime and traffic accidents are driving up the number of claims filed. Inflation raises the cost of the cars and the associated repairs. Insurance companies raise premiums to meet their expenses. And bingo, guess who gets cheated? You, me, every citizen in the country. So the auto industry market is hit hard because of this inflation. Auto insurance costs have surged this year. Companies are raising rates to account for all of these costs that we just described. A 19% increase year over year in August alone. That's in the average cost for a car. 8.7% increase for the year in August of 2022. So it's climbing at a record rate. That isn't good, and that isn't good for anybody. I don't care how you want to slice that part of the pie. It's no good. It's not going to work. Kevin is with us. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? I'm good, Kevin. How are you today, sir? We're doing well. Carpe, it's Friday diem. (laughs) It is Friday, and I'm always happy on a Friday. There's nothing that can dampen my enthusiasm for life on a Friday. (laughs) There you go. Um, I have a question for you, sir. So we I got hope all I have these, the answer. We got all these people coming across the border, okay? And that borders with Mexico. So what, far, I follow you. Where is all the uproar against Mexico? Shouldn't a whole bunch of people, including me and you, be mad at Mexico for letting all these people come through Mexico? I get why that they're letting it happen. But shouldn't there be some big uproar to say, stop it? Well, understand there was when Donald Trump was president, but there isn't now. Exactly, exactly. One president wanted to stop it from happening. The other one is encouraged it. But you don't hear a peep from even the Republicans about Mexico allowing it. Because the the Republicans are spineless. We know that. And, And another question would be if... Let's say Trump got back in and he said, okay, all you immigrants, instead of deporting you, I'll give you an option. You can go south, but I'll also give you an option. You can go north into Canada. Go there. They'll take you. What do you think Canada would do if they suddenly started storming into their borders? I wish that governors uh, like in New York, but that lunatic chick, she's so stupid. I wish those kinds of governors that are getting the aliens from Texas would just ship them into Canada. It would Mm -hmm. be spectacular. You know, you don't complain about it in New York. Get rid of them. Send them yeah. up to Canada. Yeah, send them north. That's not tough. And, and, and what's Canada going to do when that happens? But the way I understood it, I've heard that there's people going into Canada from these other countries, and they're coming down from the northern border is what I've heard. Well, I don't know the if Canada's any are coming left. across the northern border or not. We don't seem to hear an uproar or a, or a great wave of them, so I'm assuming that's not the case because uh, Fox, at least, who has covered the southern border, would be all over the northern border. So I doubt mm-hmm. that that's happening in any kind of mega numbers. Um, it's well, hard I agree enough, with it's hard you. I dealing it's, with the southern border. Yeah, I don't. I, I agree with you. I don't think it's in a mega number, but I've heard that there is some people coming through the north. Well, so. I'm sure there are some people. There's always some people that are coming through illegally from every every corner of the country. But the problem isn't the northern border, not right now, anyway. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing that that really got my ire up this morning was um, you know Biden again, and not Biden. I think it's his handlers. Um, going around Congress again on the money, and he's 
trying to go through some loophole to give all this money to Ukraine again, going around them. And I, I just don't know why that's not impeachable. Well, everything he's done is impeachable, and I'm not interested in impeaching him. I'm interested in incarcerating him. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't care less about impeachment. The impeachment and, and inquiry is fine with me because it allows them more power to get more documents and more information. But as far as impeaching them is concerned, I hope they don't do that. And, and I know you, you say you're, you're not for impeaching, but what about this? What if they would impeach Biden and Garland and Mayorkas and them? Let's get them impeached going now. Let's have a big trial all next year before the election. Because if they want to try Trump out in the public during an election year, tit for tat. Let's have C-SPAN trying to figure out which one to put on at, at, at noon because the trial's going on over here in the Senate and the trial's going on over here in Miami or something with Trump. Why not put them out there and try them in the public just like they're trying to do the Trump? Just tit Well, for that's, tat actually, uh, that's actually a good idea. I hadn't thought of it in that vein. Uh, I wouldn't mind an impeachment if if it was along those lines, but I'd be more inclined to support the impeachment of Mayorkas and Garland and all of those criminals uh, because no one no one would even bat an eye at those people. Biden would make it look like the Republicans are playing a little petty game, the same one that the Democrats played. Right now, Republicans should make make hay with the high road on impeachment. All right, these losers impeached Donald Trump twice. Wasted all of your tax money, folks, all of our time where we could have been productive in Congress. They did it twice. We're not going to do it, even though this guy, we have enough evidence to put him in jail. We're not going to do it. We're going to wait till we're in office, and then we're going to turn it over to the criminal justice system. I think you come out smelling like a rose there. Uh, in the meantime, you go ahead and impeach Garland and those people, conduct a trial against them, and in that trial, of course, all kinds of evidence against Biden's corruption comes out. So you, you kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, I mean, if they want to do it politically, the Republicans just should do it. I mean, sometimes you just got to get in the muck with the pig. Well, so there's, there's a difference between getting in the muck with the pig and in pissing off the voters. Yeah, I, I, I got a lot of conservative friends, and they're all like, "Go for it! If they want to play that game, put it out there." Well, you know, yeah, you can. Well, I, I, I get it, but you can't. You've got to take into consideration that right now in the impeachment game, the Republicans have the upper hand. Yeah. So uh, they haven't stooped to the low of lows uh, like the like the Democrats have, and they need to play that and point that out. Yeah. Look, we're not going to impeach him. We're simply opening an impeachment inquiry to get more information. Then we're going to incarcerate the bastard. Yep, and, and that makes that makes sense. But I just think if they're going to be political, I mean, the Senate's never going to approve. If they did impeach him in the House, the Senate's never going to approve him right now with the current status. But at least – my feeling is just play that political card back because if they want to do it, hey, we'll do it too. What the heck? Yeah, but and, I, and, I, I don't think he, I don't think that that benefits the Republicans at all because you know okay. it's not going to happen in the Senate. If the yeah. Senate was in Republican hands, have at it. Then impeach him and convict his ass. But, but the same it's not going to happen. Would, it's a waste of taxpayer money and time, and and I think voters see it that way. The same and you'll be the last be, one, by the way. You'd be the last ones to do the impeaching before the election. So the bitter taste in the mouths of voters will last, and it'll be against the Republicans. Okay. Okay. Well, isn't it the opposite, though, with what they're doing on the Democratic side? Trump's not going to get convicted. He's not going to do jail time, but they're doing it anyway. So wouldn't the reverse be the kind of the same? They shouldn't be doing it either, then? Well, no, that's, that's the advantage. That's the advantage the Republicans have. People see the petty, nonsensical games these people play, and that's beautiful because that's going to go right up to the election, and that's what people are going to remember when they go to vote. Look, do we yeah. want more of this crap, or do we want a guy who's serious about solving problems? That's a pretty yeah. easy way to frame the choice hopefully the republicans are smart enough to frame it that way 
Yeah, I, I, I got you on that one, but it's just, it's just insanely crazy every single day. Anyway, it's something new. You can't make this stuff up. I don't even know where so every day where it's coming from. I mean, it's just, you, you, you see a news article pop up and you're like, is that Babylon B? No, it's not. It should be, but it's not. Yeah. You know, so. yeah it, it should be is right. But that, again, in the minds of people and all the polling says so. And remember, polls are skewed liberal. So if all the polls are against them, it's even worse than the polls are telling you. I know you got to go soon, but did you see that uh, Mansion is fighting back Schumer a little bit and Dick Actually, Durbin? Yeah, we covered people. that. We covered that earlier. Sorry, I was on a on a on a meeting call this morning, yeah. so I, I got into the show late. But well, you did how, cover that because there you like... work when my show is on. That's taboo. <laughs> yeah, we did. We we cut co- we covered that earlier. So that, that, you know, but that's that's how petty the whole thing is. These idiots are so worried about dress codes now that they're not even paying attention to any potential legislation or the goings on in the government. They'd rather hey, let's get worry. all let's up worry. in arms about a dress code. Just tell the son of a bitch. Here's what you're going to wear, or you don't show up. It's yeah. that simple. Why is there a discussion about it? Let's worry about what Fetterman's wearing, what the dress code is. But we got forty five hundred people yesterday that yeah. came across the border, and they're gonna they're gonna have discussions about a dress code. Just tell the monster, here's what you wear around here, buddy. This isn't a hobo holdout. Yep, I, Kevin, I don't wear a tie unless it's a funeral. At this point, anymore, I don't even wear them at funerals. I hate ties. I've worn them for forty years, you know. But um, but if I was going to meet the president or I was appointed to an office like that, I was going to do something. I'd have to suck it up and wear a tie. I would have just what you do. It. It's part of the uniform. It's like you're in the military. You wear the uniform. Exactly. You suck it up at that point. If I have a choice, I'm not going to wear one. But if I don't, I'll put it on. If you don't want to wear a tie, <laughs> don't run for Senate. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm not going to run for Senate. <laughs> All right. We got to run. God bless you, brother. Have a great weekend and uh, hug your family. All right. You too. Thank you, Take Kevin. Care. Appreciate Bye. it. All right, folks. That's going to wrap us up for the week. But we're back fighting the good fight on the sports end. In the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com. King's Court today at noon, Central Time, on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. And we'll be back here, right here, Monday morning, continuing to fight this fight, and we always will, with the truth, the unvarnished truth backed by facts and evidence. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody. (laughs) 